children, James McGrother had loved Mary Rourke, but never let on in case his brothers found out. They would have given him a hard time over it. Instead, he tried to ignore her, calling her names when any of his family were nearby. They would chastise him for his treatment of her, saying, Leave poor Mary alone, and what did the little mite do to deserve that? It wasn't until they were in their mid-teens that James purposefully tried to get her attention, which she then chose to ignore. When Mary eventually paid heed to him, it was purely the result of an accident. Searching for bilberries on Fran Sunday, a tradition in Ireland on the last Sunday in July named after the fruit, Mary tripped and slid down a bank of grass. In his hurry to help her, James caught his foot on the exposed root of a tree and toppled headfirst down the green slope, passing her by in the process. He came to a stop at the bottom of the incline and lay flat on his back, eyes closed. A few seconds later, Mary landed beside him and took hold of his hand, calling his name. Fearing the worst, she put her face close to his, hoping to feel the breath coming from his nostrils. When he sensed the nearness of her, James opened his eyes and kissed her cheek. Then, closing them again, he flinched, waiting for the slap that was surely coming. Instead, he was aware of the softest brush of her lips against his skin. They were married the following year in 1845, as soon as Mary turned seventeen, James being eighteen. That was the first year of the potato blight. Everyone coped as best they could, believing that the following year would be better. But the winter was harsh, and there was no money for rent or food. To make matters worse, Mary was pregnant, and her father was missing. James had been living with his wife's family when the fever struck her mother. The couple moved in with one of his married sisters at the insistence of Mary's mother. The only reason she obeyed her and remained outside her parents' cabin on her visits was because of their unborn child. It broke her heart not to be able to do more for her sick mother, and she cried herself to sleep every night in James's arms. The neighbours, Mary's relatives, who only had one child, took in the three younger children. Not long after their mother's death, their foster parents decided to take up an offer from the landlord of a ship's passage to America. James and Mary knew it would be impossible for them to care for her younger brother and two sisters and made the heartbreaking decision to let them go with the others. She had lost her father mother, and her siblings in the space of six months. James thought he would lose her too and his unborn child because of the grief she was suffering. When Mary was eight months pregnant, James's brothers also took up the offer of transport to another country. They had relatives in County Durham in the northeast of England, and there was work to be had on the docks and in the foundries. They begged him and Mary to go with them. Even his married sisters and their husbands and children were leaving. None of them had the money to pay the rent and knew they would soon be facing evictions. 
James thought long and hard about what he should do. His young wife was so weak from grief and hunger, he was afraid the journey on an overcrowded vessel would kill her, or their child, or both. At first his brothers were angry and upset at his refusal to join them. His sisters were more understanding. If any of them had been pregnant, they would not have risked the journey either. James promised that as soon as Mary and the baby were fit to travel, they would join the rest of the family in England. But in his heart, he knew he would never go. The entire family had agreed to leave their homes on the same day and make their way to Dundalk, where they would board the ferry to Liverpool. Mary could not keep up the pace, and James told his family to go on ahead for fear they would miss the boat, as the landlord had already...